Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott, Sports Advantage. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Mancy. Coach, how we doing? What's going on? It's the holiday season, bowl season, almost playoff season. Uh, I think the FIFA World Cup is just coming to an end. we got a lot of things going on. Brian, I'm super excited. You know, I know what the, during this time of year, we got Christmas coming up a week week from uh, today. To today. Wow, it's really coming up quick. And then we got winter break. And it's always so fun as a strength conditioning coach at the high school level because we get a lot of college kids coming back. You know, they get that long break. And, you know, they're talking about their college experience and all the things that are going on. And it's just super exciting time. They come back. The younger kids, high school kids, see the older kids come in there and and how they take care of their business and how serious they are about, you know, not only, you know, training, but just being better all together, you know, just about the whole experience. And they're talking to other kids about how important it is to make sure you're getting good grades and you're working hard and just that tradition and then that culture that you build, they just want to come back to that. And also it's great to just see them grow as individuals. And once they get out of high school, they change so much. And they learn so much, and they love to give back to a lot of our players. I think one kudos to Coach Mangan is before we got on the bus to go to the state championship game, you know, Coach Mangan reached out to probably about, oh, I bet you there was 20 guys that were past football players, and he, they put a video together. Coach Mangan and uh, Coach Peters then put the video together and had all the past athletes during the state championship runs talk about how important it is to be a Kimberly football player and enjoy that state championship game and just talk about how the kids have matured and how important that experience was in high school and then to have different clips of about a 10-minute video of those kids telling them about the tradition of Kimberly football was so exciting and each kid had a different message. And I know our athletes loved it. And they were fired up before they even got on the bus. And then we had that video plan. And it was yep. awesome to see those kids give back. Talk about, you know, hashtag tradition, hashtag family. Great example of it. Well, I was going to say that must have been a long video because there's a lot of guys out there, not only from former teams, but I know just from dealing with you and, you know, a couple of your former players that, that I've worked with that, that they love giving back to the program. Um, and that's really important <clears throat> athletes is that, you know, there are so many people in your life that help you get to where you're at. And the majority of us have had a lot of support, um, from, from older people, from, from mentors, from coaches, from parents, from parents of your, your teammates that really, have done a lot to help you get to where you're at. It could be from something as small as driving you to practice in the morning. It could be a strength coach who maybe comes in early to open the gym for you. So in this holiday season, I think it's really important that athletes and coaches uh, as well, you know, show their appreciation for those people that are continually helping them on their path and on their journey. And even us, Dean, as older strength coaches, I mean, there's so many people in our lives that continually help us progress and, and things like that. So as the holidays roll around, that's one thing we do at sports advantage. We're constantly talking to our kids about be appreciative, understand that this is a privilege. It's not a right to be able to do some of the things, you know, athletics is a privilege. 
Um, you know, co-curriculars as a whole are, are a privilege. It's not your right to do it. You have to, you know, do some certain things to earn being there and stuff like that. So make sure you're grateful to those people that are helping with you. Dean, today's episode is a sharpening your edge version of our podcast. But before we start, Dean, I'm gonna, I, I, get, I get to tell a story today because our podcast launches on uh, the ninth anniversary of really the first time that my current wife and I uh, had an interaction. And I'm going to tell a quick story because I think it really serves the young people that are listening to this and, and how important it is to just be who you are. When we were opening our first Sports Advantage in 2000, it was going to launch in 2014, we were we were in the facility, we were, we were renovating it and things like that. So we were doing an adult boot camp. Um, at 9 a.m. And I had some some ladies that were training with me. And one of the ladies said, hey, I want to bring uh, one of the moms uh, of, of one of the girls that plays hockey with her daughter. And I said, absolutely. And, um, you know, my my wife, Corey, was the, the woman she was referring to. And didn't, you know, I was, you know, I, I was divorced at the time and um, had no aspirations at that time of getting remarried. I was happy with my three boys. I was happy with where my life was going and, and things like that. And as you know, Dean, I, I am who I am. You and coach Mangan have seen, you know, some different sides of, of Bebot, but I am who I am. And at that time, and, and still currently have a, I have a huge love for the university of Wisconsin, my time there. And, you know, my wife at the, you know, walked into the gym. She wasn't my wife at the time, obviously. And she's wearing Ohio state Buckeye sweatpants. She walks in and, I said, yeah, nobody wears that stuff in my gym. And I taped over it. And that was just me being me. And that was kind of the beginning of our relationship. And so I think, you know, long winded story here, but first off was the best decision I ever made in my life was to just be who I was, you know, kind of making a little joke out of it, obviously. But at the end of the day, uh, for for you young people, for even you know those of us our age, be who you are. You know, don't try and you can't live your best life if you're if you're following someone else or if you're if you're trying to be someone else. Your best life is predicated on your actions of who you are, and that's as an athlete, as a person, as a leader. Um, coaches lead the way you lead. That's the, that's how you're going to get the best results, and so. I just wanted to share that today because today's the ninth anniversary of that and the podcast will release today. And uh, every morning, you know, on the 18th of December, we always wake up and laugh about it. And, um, just how she can't believe that she she fell for such a uh, a cheesy pickup line, so to speak. But uh, anyways, let's get to the podcast. And I had to share that. Uh, you know, we had two incredible guests, right? We had Chad McGee and we had Coach Bangin. And, you know, Coach, you know, you know Chad as he's working with the university of Wisconsin athletes and in the mental training side of it. And he gave some pretty interesting mental training ideas to give you an edge. And as we were talking off air, you know, we really like his four five, six method, right? Inhale, hold, exhale. But when you were, you know, Kimberly, are there any things that the coaches do at Kimberly to kind of help the athletes focus in? You know, I think we talk about it all the time. You know, whatever's on the piece of paper as a strength and conditioning coach is great, but you have to be able to work the room. You have to be able to lead the room when you're communicating. Same thing with coaches. When you're having a team meeting, when you're having a, 
you know, anything when you're speaking, you have to be able to command the room. Is there anything that the coaches at Kimberly do that maybe we could share with our listeners that that they can maybe hear and take and, and put into practice with their crew? I'll tell you what, Brian, you know, when Coach uh, Jones, uh, I learned a lot of stuff from Coach Jones. And one of the things that I really liked is, you know, in a big group meeting, he would always say, where are we at? And then all the athletes would say, right here, right now. And that was an indicator that, okay, we're done talking. It's time to focus. Right. And I just think that was just one of those things that you knew hey, when it was time to start the meeting, it was all business then. Before that, hey, kids are being kids. They're talking about their day and they're having a great time. But it was a great way to get a lot of individuals focused in a very quick time without trying to shout over people or whatnot. It was just really good. And kids knew it. It was just consistent all the time. How about at Wisconsin, Brian? Did you guys, you know, you had a lot of great coaches there. I know Barry Alvarez, I'm sure when he walked into a room and he was ready to start and it was business time, he probably had uh, some great things that he probably did with his teams as well. Well, I tell you what, when, when when Barry would walk in the room, that was kind of the that was kind of the indicator, right? That it was time to focus in. But you know, Barry and Brett and and even Paul, you know, at different times when they've led meetings, it was always you know they'd look, they'd wait, you know, the room would kind of you know be settling down and be feet flat, eyes up, you know, and that's the cue for the athletes. And again, you find that athletes pay attention more when they're sitting up. Instead of slouching, right? If you're slouching or leaning, you know, you kind of got that relaxed demeanor. But it was with Barry, it was always feet flat, eyes up. And I think Brett and Paul carried that over. And it's just, I think it's a great thing to instill something like that in your programs that's basic, that's repetitive, that the kids know, right? Because the yelling, hey, I, you know, all the stuff that, I think young co- I think young coaches are more guilty of the yelling, you know, in big meetings and than the more, you know, seasoned older veteran coaches because, you know, they feel like the yelling gives them that you know, authoritarian kind of power where they're in charge. I, I think I, I like both methods that we that we shared. You know, I, I know I've heard Steve share that as well. It's just something that is consistent that young people young people need consistency. And they need to know uh, they'll follow, right? We know that. We know that if we're consistent with our athletes, they'll follow it. And and so if we want them to mentally tune into what we're doing, you got to have something that's a cue that helps them understand, hey, it's time to work. You know, it's time to work. And, and you know, Chad uses the breathing. Um, Steve and, and Barry and, and Brett and those guys, all very similar. But you got to have a couple keywords, power words that – Hey, it's time to focus in. And, you know, as an athlete, I think, you know, before practice, you know, maybe cueing yourself, you know, very similar, like what Chad said with the breathing, with Jonathan Taylor does that. And, you know, there's so many different things. And I think it kind of comes back to a little bit what I was talking about, you know, with my story is find something that works for you. You know, it, we have a lot of high school coaches that listen. Don't just don't just copy, you know, one of the two things that that we shared here. Now, if that works for you, great. But find something that works in your program. You know what I mean? Something that's really unique to you, you know, that that you can use that your athletes will understand, that you can build in there on a daily basis that when some a meeting starts, 
boom, it's that focus word and they're ready to go. Um, the other thing, Dean, that Chad talked about was, you know, kind of working your mind like you work your muscles, like in the weight room, like you have to train your mind, you know, and, and we know that sports are so much mental um, training that needs to go on in sports. So anything that you guys do from a mental training standpoint at Kimberly? Yeah, you know, uh, Brian, I think the big thing is, is we're constantly throwing stuff in throughout the year. And it's not just a thing that, hey, we got a big game coming up. Hey, now we got to mentally focus. So I think a lot of times, you know, athletes are going to make mistakes. Students are going to make mistakes. So we say park it. You know, we need to move on. Mistakes are part of it. Just as a coach sitting there and screaming at a kid because he makes a mistake, guess what? They're going to make mistakes today in the NFL. You know, I just went to the Bucs game. Guys were making mistakes, professional athletes. So it's going to happen. We, we can't just sit there and and just sit there and talk about the mistakes and yell and scream and, and try to come up with solutions. We got to move on. And I think kids sometimes feel that pressure of making a mistake. For example, you know, basketball, kid misses a shot. Coach yanks them out right away. You know, I was never in a position like that when I played sports and coaches took an individual out because they made a mistake. I think always made it worse for the athlete because I think they played tighter. And we talk about sometimes, you know, when you have to be loose when you're in athletics, you got to be in that zone and you just got to kind of let the game come to you. But if you're thinking, boy, if I take this shot and I miss it, oh, coach is going to give me that eye contact. He's going to give me that body language. And I know I'm going on the bench. And I think too many coaches make them mistakes. And so it's constantly – you know, get the breathing technique done. We talk about how important that breathing is, you know, in those moments. And Coach Mangan talked about that eye of the hurricane that Chad brought up. And it was really surreal. It's, it's interesting because after the Coach Mangan episode, our student athletes that listened to that episode said that's exactly what happened. Yeah. They were confident in in that situation, and all of them agreed, because I went to them and I said, because I was not in the huddle, Brian, and I said, hey, you guys, is that accurate? 100% coach. That's awesome. 100%. And, and they were so excited from listening to it because, you know, we, what we love about athletics is, and what the true learning process is, is when we give some knowledge and those kids can take that and apply it to themselves. And I think that's one thing Coach Mangan's really good at doing is we always say, you know, knowledge with action is a superpower. Yeah. And knowledge awesome. without action is just words. It's just noise. So when kids can take those things and like you said, Brian, make it their own. Make it their own. If they're trying to gain weight, they make their own program. They're trying to lose weight. They make up their own program. But when they understand that they are in control, that they are in control. They are going to get great results. Currently, right now, we talk about, hey, we get we design the weight program. And we say the weight program is the Ferrari. But they hold the keys to the Ferrari by the choices that they make when they do that program. And what I mean, Brian, is this. That individual can skip a set. Them and their partner. They can skip reps. They can choose not to move the bar at 100% maximal intent. They can choose to not correct their partner's technique and therefore 
you know, they're doing it wrong. And now maybe it's hurting their MCL because they're not squatting correctly. So they are in control of the program, even though there might be 300 kids doing that same program. Right. They are in control. And they got to understand that if you want to cheat the system, cheat the program, in this case, you have a choice. But the choice is going to give you some kind of consequence. If they're going to choose not to get eight hours of sleep and then come into class and they're going to skip breakfast going into, for example, their class because they have a morning class and they're going to get their training and their lift done, they chose to make that mistake and now they're going to pay the consequence. They're not going to get as much out of the workout. So that mental training part is, is we are constantly trying to get the athletes to understand that there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle. Right. And if you really want to get that competitive advantage and get your edge, you got to make sure you can put all those pieces together. And like you say, be consistent. Well, I think too, Dean, when we did Chad's episode, I, I did a poll on Twitter just to kind of get, well, you know, one to kind of get people in the mindset of mental training because we were releasing the podcast, right? It's kind of, you know, one of those things to get people thinking about that as we release it. But, you know, we did a poll on, on what people thought the the percent of athletics is, is a mental or is mental, the mental side of sports, I guess it would be. And most coaches voted for over 50%. You know, that was the top end. And so we had Steve Jones on one of our, one of our top episodes that we've had. We've gotten a lot better by the way, Dean, since that episode. So we're going to have to have Steve on again because he was, you know, our, our top downloaded episode. If you haven't listened to it, he's episode two. Um, check that out. But, and then listen to, you know, the latest ones because we've gotten a lot better at this podcast thing. But, you know, he talked about that. And he talked about it with me many times is that coaches all believe that there's this huge mental, you know, side to athletics, but they don't spend any time training it. And, and so I think coaches your athletes are not going to just do this on their own because it's a really new concept um, and, and a thought process. So you have to spearhead this and it could be anything from visualiz visualization, excuse me, you know, seeing yourself have success. We know that the studies are out there that if you visualize it, you know, a lot of times it happens. And so, you know, you talk about the greatest players in history. They all talk about, how they used to visualize themselves having success. You know, Jordan talks about visualizing holding the championship trophy and LeBron and Kobe and all these guys. There, there's something to that, you know, success leaves clues, right? Success leaves clues out there. And so for athletes out there, it's so important to be mentally dialed into an event, to a game, things like that. Don't just show up and play. And, you know, we called it rolling the balls out in baseball you know, you don't just roll the balls out, right? You show up, you're mentally prepared. I know, you know, Coach Alvarez would always say, you can't play fast if you're not mentally prepared, which means knowing your assignments. It means understanding that if you make a mistake, you have to correct it. Um, and so those are really important key concepts for athletes. You have to be mentally prepared to play. And I think, Dean, you brought up a great point too that I want to just share when I was at Wisconsin, uh, you know, our offensive line coach, Coach Bo said at the time, we know Coach Bo really well, high, high octane guy, 
um, intense, intense meeting rooms, intense week during, during practice week. Very rarely, very rarely did I see him get overly animated during a football game, right? The last thing that your athletes need during a competition is for a coach to overly get animated, make a spectacle of an athlete uh, because they made a mistake, right? We're all in a day and age where pretty much every sport has huddle, okay? Why do you have huddle? So you can review the film and correct it, all right? You have to stay calm and cool and collected. Otherwise, you're going to disrupt your athlete's mind because I know this, if the offensive line at Wisconsin, the guys I worked with, are thinking about, you know, what Coach Bo said, said to him from a from an anger standpoint or from an – he was upset they made a mistake. That's all they're going to be thinking about the next series. And guess what happens? They make more mistakes. And then it just compounds and compounds and compounds. And so my thought process has always been this. When I've coached Dean, if someone makes a mistake – um, you you try you talk to them, you correct it during the game in a normal voice, um, and then you work through it throughout the week. Now, if it's an effort situation, that's different. Okay, we're not talking about you know a kid just not playing hard or things like that. If someone's not playing hard, I mean you're going to kick them in gear. But we're talking about you know a mistake that can be corrected either mentally or physically. You know you work to correct it, you talk to the athlete, and you get them through it. But that comes from just a lot of training and mental preparation from both coaches and athletes. And so I think, I think Chad had really good points on that. Hey, Brian, another good point. It's, it's kind of funny because coach Mangan went over that. We talked about that last drive and it, it was awesome because now when the season's <coughs> over, you, you know, you're getting to talk to kids more about that because it was such a, a memorable experience, but a lot of the kids in that huddle said the same a um, big thing was, you know, our quarterback, who was normally in Seth Myron is his name, and he's a multiple sport athlete, said normally pretty quiet leader, and he doesn't get too up, too down. And on that on championship drive at the end, he said to the guys after they called the play, he said, we are not going home without this trophy. Yeah. And the guys just gave them, it gave those guys so much confidence that the leader said, hey, we're getting this thing done. Yeah. And I think as a leader out there, you know, those point guards out there, the pitcher in baseball, you know, the quarterbacks in football, wh whether you're a soft person as far as maybe not a U-R-R guy or whatever. Quiet, yeah, quiet and calm. Quiet yeah. and just calm. But when you're in those situations when the game is on the line, I think you have to show some emotion because that feeds – off to all the other athletes that are on the team. And I think it is crucial because it just gave those guys so much confidence that the leader of the huddle, the guy calling the play after he calls the play, says, we are not going home on that bus without that trophy. And that was just, I think, one of the biggest things that excited those guys and just gave them a little bit of extra motivation, Brian. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to see kids just really show emotion. You know, you know what I mean? I think I love it. Let's get to coach Mangan here. Coach Mangan. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Now coach Mangan's he's where he's coming close to you, coach Jones, his downloads are, are going up and, 
and, and whatnot. So, you know, we, we've got the, the, the younger coaches is, is right on the tail of, of his mentor. So, but you know, Jason is, he, he's such a great leader and he's got such a great growth mindset and he's very lucky Dean to have guys like you and, and Steve and Chad and, and, you know, a lot of Ver and so many older coaches kind of show him the way, but to his credit is he takes that and he utilizes it, right? So many coaches out there have people with more experience that they, they have around and they don't utilize their knowledge. And I think if you're a young coach, you can learn so much from coaches that have been doing it for a while. You don't have to always agree with them. That's the best part about it. You know, I, I mean, I learned so much from, from some of the guys I worked with at Wisconsin, and I don't agree with a lot of the stuff they talked about, but I learned from it. I took it and put it in my toolbox. I'm like, if I ever get in this situation, I remember I didn't like this is the way it was handled. I'm going to handle it like this. So you can learn a lot from even people that you may or may not agree with. But, you know, Jason gave us a, a real in-depth look on that change at Kimberly, the coaching change from Coach Jones to Coach Chad. And I, I tell you what, you know, I, 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 I think I met Chad once, um, but I give that guy a lot of credit, Dean, because, you know, there are a lot of people afraid of being in a successful environment because there is a standard. Um, and I give a guy like that a, a ton of credit for coming into a scenario. And, you know, I, I would probably even throw a guy like a Luke Fickle in that scenario as well. You know, I mean, you're following – you know, a coach that won 75% of his games pretty much that, um, you know, that won a couple, you know, New Year's Six Bowl games, uh, very successful. And um, I think one of the unique things about following success is knowing what not to change and knowing how to put your spin on it. And I think there's a very unique scenario. And I think Jason shared a lot of that. It was really cool. And you lived that firsthand, Dean. So, um, I thought that was an incredible message that Jason shared. You know, the biggest compliment I can give Coach Mangan by working with him for all these years now is, I don't know if it's the the upbringing of being <coughs> on a farm or, or if it's a parenting situation or what, but, you know, interns out there, I know you have a lot of people that work for you, you know, new employees, you know, students, you know, teammates. I think the biggest message you can learn that I learned from coach Mangan is, is just figure it out. You know, just, just do stuff. You don't need to be told everything, right. What to do. I think as an, as a business owner like yourself and you got an intern or new employee and they're just kind of sitting there. And if you have to babysit them and you have to tell them exactly what they have to do every minute of the day, you know, that becomes too overwhelming. Correct. And that's kind of responsible for what needs to get done. Jason just gets stuff done. You don't have to tell him to do stuff. He just does it. He just goes and runs with it. I think probably a lot of that has to do with the farm. There's always something to do. Right. It's not like, you know, your dad's telling you, hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. You are just constantly working. And his, you know, growth mindset is just incredible. You know, when you win and you're in a situation, it's not like, hey, we're content and we're going to stop and we're going to continue to do what we did last year. It's constantly evolving. You know, what can we do to get better? Not only in the weight room 
from a, a sets and reps and a volume standpoint and exercises, but mentally how we can get these kids prepared. Now there, there's a little bit more pressure. You got a target on your back because you're in a program that wins a lot. So what are you going to do to kind of keep ahead of the competition? And I think that's very important. And going back to Coach Mikeowitz again, he just did an incredible job of understanding, hey, I got a lot of great people around me and I'm going to learn from them and that we're going to learn from a new guy because there's different ways of doing things. And I, I learned that through my experience being around some very good head football coaches and a lot of sport coaches. And there's different ways. And because maybe you don't agree with maybe that one way of doing things, but there's a lot of ways to make sure that student athletes are learning and they're getting better. And that, that's just kudos to a lot of people involved there. You know, kudos to our administration in, in those cases, because you can't do it alone. It takes so many people to make sure that you can continue success. And it's a lot harder. You know, we just had the old coach Kenny G who's at St. Norbert's right now that won four state championships when he was at Ashwabanon. Yep. He was coming and recruiting our some of our players. And we just saw him on Friday. And it's just amazing, you know, what he does as far as the scouting. We have a lot of scouts that are coming in from a lot of colleges right now. And he had a whole notebook of every kid. You know, it's not some of these colleges that come in and say, hey, do you have any kids that, you know, maybe could play for us? Right. He had a whole scouting list of every kid, the position. And I want to talk to this guy. And what's this kid's grades? And what's his major? He was prepared. He was prepared. And it's not like I think some of the young coaches come in and, you know, you've seen it on your end, the business standpoint, and they're not prepared at all. Yeah. You just want to step into those situations. You have to be prepared. And that's one thing we're constantly trying to preach to our athletes is you have to prepare. You know, games are won in the off season and you have to make sure that you're putting in their time and you're putting in the work. So I think that's a big lessons. And again, kudos to all those people. And if you're around great coaches, ask questions yeah if you're an athlete and you're around great athletes hey that is a competitive advantage ask questions i think all great coaches that i know great athletes want to share just like we're doing this podcast we want to share we want to help athletes coaches parents everybody become the best version of themselves that's why we're doing this brian right and that's why we decided to do the podcast and we're learning as well so we are constantly getting better. We're developing relationships and we can give this information out there, but everyone has to make sure that they can take it and use it and apply it to themselves. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to ask questions. I mean, you just have to, I mean, we're in a society right now where, where people don't even want to ask questions because they're, they're afraid to, to look like they don't know. Guess what? At some point we've all had to probably ask the question you're asking. You know what I mean? So that that's part, I, I remember, you know, Bob Dunn, a good friend of mine, you know, the two, you know, Bobby and Jack, you know, both were at Wisconsin, two of my first two clients there. You know, he always gave me, he, he gives me such great advice because he's such an incredible businessman. But one of the best things he always told me, he goes, your employees aren't supposed to have all the answers when you hire them. That's your job. You know what I mean? Because if they had all the answers, they'd be doing what you're doing. 
you know, your job is to teach them, lead them, mentor them, um, and make sure that, that they know what their job responsibility, that's from a coaching standpoint, you know, or an athlete standpoint. So that's our job as leaders is to teach and educate. I think too, when, when Jason said, Hey, is you just have to accept the change. You know, I think when you realize, you know, everybody has an emotional response to something happening. And, right. and we saw lots of it and people are, you know, Wisconsin football is dealing with it right now. And people that perseverate over it and just it can't let it go and don't move on aren't getting going to get results. Well, and, I think what, just, what, what Coach Fickle said was great. Change is inevitable. Growth is a choice. Perfect. Bingo. Like that mic drop. That was awesome. It, absolutely. And athletes just got to accept it. Yeah. You know, I think sometimes athletes go to a college. <laughs> don't assume those coaches are going to be there. Yeah. I always tell athletes, when you pick a college, they don't go because you had such a great visit and that coach was so nice and this. You have to love the environment. Right. Coaches, that coach can be gone the next year. So you, you have to just be able to understand change is good. I know when I was at Oshkosh North and I was teaching a coach in there, I never assumed I was going to be leaving that position. And then I just had an opportunity. I decided myself with another coach to come in at Kimberly. And yeah, it's kind of scary. It, it's, you know, change is scary, but change is also an opportunity to take on a challenge and right. to grow and get out, out of your comfort zone. And I'm so happy I did it. But at the time, it, I had a situation, right. my son and daughter did not want to move. They didn't want to leave their friends. Both of our parents were living in the community that we were in. We grew, both grew up in Oshkosh. And yeah, it was kind of scary, but you have to get out of your comfort zone. We tell athletes that all the time. And it was the best decision I ever made, Brian. I know your situation. Hey, you loved it being at the collegiate level and, and being a strength and conditioning coach for the Wisconsin football program. But you made a change and you don't look back. You kick the rear view mirror yep. right off of the vehicle and you move on. And that's one yep. thing I like about you. Good day, bad day. We all are going to have them. You right. know, I tell the kids right now with social media, social media, and not everything's a vacation. Right. Not everything is going to be perfect. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. That's normal. Yep. It's normal. Social media is not normal. 90% of it's all fake. Yeah. It's, it's Easily 90%. At least. So you have to be able to take the good with the bad. And once you accept that, then you move on. I think everything gets a lot better from then. Well, I think, Dean, the second topic we wanted to hit on with, with Jason was that how you respond after a loss. And losses can be a good thing, you know. And again, you know, everybody wants to go undefeated. There's, you know what I mean? You play, you play to win, right? Okay, you're at the high school level. The score matters. They keep score for a reason, all those things. But you can learn so much about your team after a loss. You know, I, I've always thought you learn more about athletes after adversity, you know, versus all the good things. Anybody, anybody can be a front runner. Anybody can, can, can be good and happy and focused when they're winning. But when you get punched in the mouth um, and, and you're down on the canvas, you know, are you going to stay down? Are you going to make excuses? Are you going to have built-ins for why you got beat? Um, are you going to continue to talk about it? Or are you going to show up on Sunday, put the bar on your back and get back to work and just like you said, park it. It's done. 
Okay, you learn from it, right? Because you can learn so much from from losses because typically in a loss, you know, I've always found this when you have two good teams, you know, typically, you know, the team that loses more so than not beats themselves, you know, versus the other team just out and out beating them. You know what I mean? You look for the areas that you can improve on so that doesn't happen again. And it sounds like um, that was the way that your staff and your kids approach that. And I've seen that so many times over the course of my career, but I've also seen the exact opposite, Dean. I've seen, you know, the first time adversity hits, oh my gosh, you know, the referees did this. You know, mom and dad didn't have the right meal for me. Um, I had to stay up late. I had a chemistry test on Friday morning. Um, guess what, guys? Uh, that's life, okay? That there's been days where I've gotten called in the middle of the day. Um, you know, I, I can use an example. I was training three guys for the combine a couple of years ago. And I got to call it like 10 in the morning or, or nine in the morning that, you know, Jaden had, it was a snowy day and, you know, it slid, slid into a snowbank. That, that throws a lot of stuff off so I can complain about it or I can go help my son and figure everything out and move forward. Right. So you're never going to have a perfect day. You're never going to be able to get the nine hours of sleep every single time. You're never going to be have the perfect meal. Um, so you can't use excuses when things don't go your way. And it sounds like, and again, with your guys' program, you guys, it goes back to the mental training. It goes back to the physical training. You guys have it ingrained in your kids. Hey, when adversity hits, how are you going to respond? Yeah, I think it's very important, Brian, for coaches to understand that when you lose, you know, it. there's going to be another day. There's, there's going to be a life lesson out of the loss. And what do you take out of that loss to help the situation or make sure that the same mistakes don't happen again? And I think that's why you have film study and athletics. I think that's why you have to be well-grounded as far as what is your message to the team, you know, because there is going to be mistakes. There is going to be losses. I mean, that's why everybody loves athletics because there's upsets all the time and how you react as a coach, I think is very important. Don't be the coach that, hey, you get a loss and then you, you punish the team with conditioning right. and stuff like right. that. I just I just never did understand where coaches get so upset because, you know, when you lose, you lose as an entire team. And that means coaches. Right. You so are if you're going to if you're going to do that, Dean, the coaches need to run with them. Absolutely. One hundred percent. If you're going to sit and punish your team by having them run because they lost, then you better be on that line as well. Right. So it's not about the punishment. It's how do we learn from the loss? What could we have done previous for that in our preparation? And then let's try to correct the mistakes. And this is where coaches, I think you have a huge part of that process, how you react to it. And then athletes, leaders, captains on teams, how do you react to it? As you mentioned, all of a sudden, hey, now it's the ref's fault. Right. Now it, it, it's always the blame game after that. So I think you have to look at yourself and what could you individually do to try to prevent that outcome happening? And then what have you done to marry the process instead of just worrying about the outcome? Everybody wants the outcome. Everybody wants to win. Right. But you have to look back at the process. 
And individually, what can you do yourself? Because you got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And then two is now what did you do as a teammate to help the person around you get better to make sure the process is, is on map, that you are focused on that process? And then maybe what do you do as far as communication, as far as if you're a leader, as far as working with the coaching staff to kind of keep a pulse, a thermometer on the whole culture of the team. So all of those play a big part in our situation. I think that was the, the wake up call. And like coach Mangan said, that was our first state championship with a loss. So we knew right away as we're going to find out real quick, because we have a really good opponent right after that loss. We're going to find out really quick where our coach's mindset is, right? where our athlete's mindset is. And I could tell right when Coach Mike Woods got done and we had our team meeting <coughs> and the coaches talked and the athletes came in for that workout in on Sunday, I knew right away the leadership was there from the athletes. The energy was there during our weight workout. And I knew that the athletes knew that we could play a lot better than we did during that loss and they were going to do something about it. That was a huge turning point on the very end of the successful season that we had, you know, posting that gold ball up. So that was huge. Well, I can revert. I can go back to a, a scenario at Wisconsin that I, that I remember uh, it was 2011 and we had back-to-back -back games that we lost, you know, we lost to Michigan state on the hail Mary then we went to Ohio State and lost on a, a like the last 20 seconds of the game, uh, kind of a Hail Mary play. And I'll never forget, you know, Russell Wilson saying the press conference and they're like, how do you feel, you know, in this, that? And Russell's like, he goes, look, he goes, am I disappointed we lost? Yeah. He goes, but I've also just played in probably the two best college football games of the year when you go back and look at it, you know. So I, I'm going to wake up and, you know, feel bad that we lost, but realize that I've been a part of two really incredible games. We've had a chance to compete and I'll never forget meeting with the guys, with the quarterbacks, the O-line tight ends court and, and fullbacks before we trained on Sunday. I said, look, here's the deal, right? Um, you know, we're not blaming refs. We're not blaming anything like that. I said, we have gotten beat by two good teams. Um, by I, I, not fluky, but kind of out of sorts type of plays to lose games. At some point, the tide's going to turn, right? And things are going to come full circle for us. We have to just keep working because that was the point where we were like, okay, we might not win the Big Ten this year. We might not go to the Big Ten championship this year. Um, we have to just keep doing what we do and not worry about what's going on anywhere else. And what happened? Uh, I think Purdue upset Ohio State. Um, I think something else happened and we found ourselves in the big 10 championship game against Michigan state where in that game is the famous, you know, Russell Wilson to Jeff Duckworth. So it kind of came full circle as to what happened. So I think as a coach, you go back to the mental portion of what we talked about. You have to find ways to mentally engage your players because when things like that happen, and, and there are games that we play that, you know, the ball just doesn't bounce your way. I mean, that's going to happen in, in sports or, you know, and things like that. But keeping your players mentally engaged, if you're doing the right things 
eventually good things will happen. And I think that's a coaching point that, that a lot of times we miss because we feel bad for the kids. You know, I remember, you know, on that flight home from Ohio state, just sitting there with, with Jamil and coach Herbert. And we're like, man, like we loved our kids so much because they worked so hard. And we're like, are we going to catch a break here? You know, how can this keep happening? You feel bad for the kids, but once as a coach, you get out of that, you have to refocus yourself to refocus your athletes. Because at the end of the day, if you have the leaders, you know, in the weight room or on the field, um, good things will start to happen. So dog, you got anything else here before we shut this one down? Yeah, uh, you know, kudos to Coach Herbert at Michigan again oh. for Lyman winning the, the Joe Moore Award again. That was incredible. Two years in a row. I think that's the first time ever uh, college, yeah, offensive lineman have won it two years in a row. So huge kudos to him. Yep. And then I would like to have a huge kudo to a guy I coached who is uh, the shot put record holder at Oshkosh North, my alma mater, through 62 feet eighth in the shot put. And his name is Brandon Hull is going to be inducted in February into the Oshkosh North Hall of Fame. He threw with your business partner, Joe Thomas, Ooh. at the University of Wisconsin. So I just saw Brandon at a track meet last Saturday, and he brought up the picture of him and Joe Thomas throwing at the big man invite Yeah, with, uh, a, a, with Coach Richards, who helps me with the Fox Valley Throws Club. Yeah. He was the person that runs that big man invite. So there was four individuals that threw over 60 feet that day. And Ooh. he started talking about, you know, him and Joe Thomas and, and throwing at the University of Wisconsin. So huge kudos to him. That's going to happen in February. That's also awesome. In, Congrats, Brandon. Yeah. Yes. And, and also in February is the uh, Wisconsin Track Coaches Association Clinic. And I know, Brian, you're going to be speaking at that, along with Coach Ebel, who was also on our podcast, and also Coach Delzer from Carroll University as well. And then at the end of February is the NHSSCA Coaches Clinic. And then that's going to be at Milwaukee Marquette. I know we have a lot of listeners to our uh, podcast, and, and they're going to be there. And we went to that as well last year. And a guy that you coach, Brian Calhoun, yep. is going to be speaking about uh, speed training at that clinic. So super excited. I know um, Fox Valley Throws Club's got some January 8th. That's when we start our winter sessions. Anything going on with the sports advantage? I heard there's big news down in the Milwaukee area, Brian. Would you like to share that? Yeah, the Oconomowoc facility opens in January. Uh, we hired our director. Uh, I'm not going to share his name yet um, because, you know, we want to make sure everything's, you know, crossed and dotted. Uh, with that but he's given us a verbal commitment and I'll just put it to you this way it's a very strong tie to Wisconsin uh, the University of Wisconsin so we're very excited about having him on board and and we're bringing on uh, a couple new we've, we've promoted two guys to directors so TJ and Grant um, TJ Pat uh, is is going to be a new director for us and and Grant Payne is going to be our our new director in Wanakee uh, Grant uh, just real quick on Grant, since I work with him pretty much daily in Wanakee, started as an intern for us. I remember his first day, I said, you need to be so good that you forced me to hire you. Um, he was exceptional that summer. 
Um, you know, we brought him on as an assistant. He heads up our Dells, Wisconsin Dells high school program, where we started with, I think, two kids jumping at 30 inches. Now he's got over 40 um, high school kids jumping over 30 inches. He does an incredible job with that high school program. And now he's going to be our, our director as well in, in our Wanakee location. So um, that's that's how it's done, coaches, right? You start, you work, you get better, um, you get taken care of, you get better, you get better. Um, one more point of education out there for everybody, if you're interested, trench training, uh, trench training out of the Waukesha area, Steve Stark, Joe Nellis, Glenn Derby, uh, run trench training. Uh, I will be on their webinar this Wednesday night. You can go to www.trenchtraining.com, I believe is the website. Sign up for that webinar. We're going to be talking conjugate for the bigs, uh, the conjugate training for the O&D line. So again, that's going to be this Wednesday, a little information before the holidays, before we get going. Well, dog, uh, the next episode is going to air on Christmas Day. So we're very excited about that. But for everybody out there, um, make sure, again, you, you give some gratitude to those people out there, um, you know, bosses or leaders. Make sure you give some gratitude to the people that um, that you employ or that you work with um, and, and really make this a great holiday season. Um, and understand, too, that that some people, you know, don't have as much as you do. Maybe they're struggling and things like that. Be there for somebody you know, over the next couple of weeks, you know, be a support system for somebody, whether it's an athlete, if you're an athlete for, for one of your friends, you know, you, you don't know what's going on in anybody else's house unless you're living there. Um, so if someone seems, you know, out of sorts or things like that, you know, offer a hand, offer a, offer an ear to listen and things like that. Let's really make this a really positive holiday season and, and keep everybody moving forward. All right. That's going to end this episode. We will catch you next time. Shop it.